Well, y'all doing all right tonight? You look so good. Turn to a neighbor to say, you look great. Man, you look so good. It's uh, so good to be with you once again. Another Thursday night. Love hanging out with you guys. Hey, before we get going, can I ask you to do something for me? Uh, we have strategically placed on all of the Bibles uh, in front of you or under your seat a sticky note. Can I get everyone to participate in something for me? Love for you to get out that sticky note and then just place it on you. Just stick it right on your shirt or, uh, yeah, let's go all shirts, all shirts. Just stick it on your shirt and I'll give you some explanation for it later, but I'm just going to stare at you with a sticky note for the next three hours. We'll go with three hours. <laughs> Hey, we are, uh, we're beginning a new series tonight, beginning a new set of conversations. I'm really excited about it. We're calling it In Progress, and so we're going to be in this for the month of September and, and uh, really excited for where I believe God's taking us in it. The reason I chose that title name, In Progress, those two words uh, carry a lot of significance to me and really uh, encourage my soul in kind of two different ways, honestly. The first way is when I think of the word progress, I think of, I think of us, especially as it relates to our spiritual walk, I think of being on a journey. And I don't know about you, but I'm just so grateful that being on a spiritual journey means that I'm in progress, I'm not perfect, amen? I'm in progress. And so that encourages my soul when I think about being in progress. I think, man, you know, it's encouraging to me that I really believe God's design for us was to be in progress. It, it leans into the idea of growth, that we're all growing, we're all in progress. Let's not expect perfection, but I think we should expect progress. Progress is a good thing. And so I, that encourages me, to, encourages me to think of it that way, but also to look at it kind of in another way. When I think about in progress, I think about like progression. And progression does indicate that there is a moving forward involved, right? We are progressing. And so when I think about progressing in my spiritual life, Really, there is no, like, going backwards. There is only moving forward. And there's really, like, there's no stopping. There is only moving forward. So I want to be in progress. I want to progress, but that requires me always moving forward. And that shouldn't discourage you. That should challenge you. That we are never, like, stagnant. We never end up at, okay, I'm good. I can just settle down. But we're always desiring to move forward. We're always desiring growth. I love that. And so that's kind of why we're talking about being in progress. And when I think about being in progress, I really think of a core uh, kind of teaching. I think of a core thing that we need to grasp before we go anywhere else. And that is the topic or the conversation of identity. Because I don't know that identity ever, I don't think that you ever just go, okay, I'm good. I never need to talk about identity. Let's, let's uh, move on. Let's talk about something else. I think identity is something we always need to come back to. Always need to rehearse in our mind what it means to, to find our identity in Christ. And so I want to talk tonight a little bit about identity. And, and I know you've heard a lot about it. If you go to church a lot, you've probably heard a lot about identity. But I think, um, I think it's refreshing to all of us to uh, lean back into that. So that's where I want to go. And I want to kind of open up with a statement that I hope will be helpful to you, but I really believe it's helpful to me and it sets the tone for where we're going. And the statement is this. There is much power in a life lived in which you know who you are and there is much weakness when you do not. 
Let me say it again. There's much power in a life lived in which you know who you are. But in contrast, there is much weakness in a life in which you do not know who you are. So I want to talk tonight for a few minutes about identity. Can I pray for us as we go for it? Let me just pray for us. Father, thank you so much for another opportunity to gather under your name. And uh, Lord, you're so good. And we're grateful for you. And um, Lord, we just ask that you would make words on a page come alive, that you'd make a story from the Bible come alive to us tonight. And um, Lord, may we leave out the doors different than how we walked in them. Lord, that's what we always pray. May we leave out the doors different than how we walked in them. In progress, Father. And Lord, we do pray that you would help the Falcons win tonight. We know. We know that is in your will to take them back to the Super Bowl. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Rise up. Let's go. Thank you guys for being here and not skipping out on church to watch the Falcons. If you have a friend that skipped out, you should text them right now. Tell them. I don't know. I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> um, so I have a big announcement to make. We're family here, right? We love each other, and, uh, which means we share the good news and the bad news. Today I got good news, and uh, if you follow me on any social media, okay, they're cheering for the good news, not because I'm a great follow. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you know good news is happening in my life. My wife and I are expecting another little baby, another little nugget. And uh, so she's about 13 weeks, and uh, we don't know. My wife is 13 weeks, and <laughs> we don't know uh, what it is yet, but we think it's a girl. Anybody want me to have a girl? Anybody for another boy? Two boys in the family? Yes, I'm trying to put together a full basketball team, so all I need is five. Let's do it. Uh, but here's what I've noticed, even already, really, the reason why we uh, already announced it is because um, she's, she's starting to show, and uh, that's a good thing, not a bad thing, but she's starting to show, and so she's having to be real careful with what she, or she was having to be real careful with what she was wearing. She's like, people are going to notice, like, you know, it's already a bump and all this kind of stuff, so we said, well, let's just go ahead and announce it so you don't have to worry about this anymore, but I love watching her, really, in the next few months, just watching her Belly is such a weird word to say on stage. Belly, um, watching her grow and just the thought, like I don't know if it captivates your attention like it does mine. The thought that there's a human growing inside of her is unbelievable to me. And I, I love it. And, and what, it's just amazing to think that what she will birth out is life. Like life will come. And unbelievable thought. And as I was thinking through that and just thinking through already how uh, she's grown and how the, how the baby is growing inside of her. I was thinking about kind of a spiritual parallel because that's what I do. I'm a preacher. So I always think about spiritual parallels. And I was thinking about how, you know, it's really God's desire to grow us up. I love the song, from the inside out. And he never births anything in our life before he forms it in us first. In order for something to be birthed in our life, for us to go to a new place in our life, for us to experience something new in our life, he has to form it inside of us first. There is a process to how he works, and it is always from the inside out. Always from the inside out. And what I love about that is it means this, is that God's power 
changes not just your behavior, he changes your belief. It's an inside, internal transformation that happens. And we need to know that as we go out and, and we, you know, spread the gospel and we're Jesus to people that we meet. Uh, we, God doesn't change us first by our behavior. He changes us by our belief and then our behavior lines up. And this is what he did in the life of Jacob. If you read the story of Jacob in the scripture, it's amazing that he transforms him really from the inside out. And if you look at it with a wide lens at a large angle, you see it's the journey of God's work to change the life of Jacob into the person of Israel. And he literally changes Jacob's identity by changing his labels and by changing his name. God does this to a few people in the scripture, but specifically to Jacob, he changes his name. It's unbelievable. If you know anything about Jacob, he was born in Canaan with a twin brother named Esau. And I don't want to read the whole story to you tonight, but you can find the story in Genesis, uh, specifically Genesis chapter 25, I think is where it begins. But um, what you need to know is he's born with a twin brother named Esau, and back then, uh, back then, names carried a different significance in, in biblical times. And so if your name is Jacob right now, uh, don't be discouraged because I'm about to tell you what Jacob meant in biblical times. Uh, but it's going to be okay. Jacob came out of the womb. The scripture says he came out of the womb actually grasping the heel of his twin brother, holding on to the heel of Esau. And so they named him Jacob, which means heel grabber, and it also means deceiver. The name Jacob means deceiver. So it's crazy to me that his parents saw how he came out of the womb, and then immediately they slapped a label on him. Okay, this is what we saw, therefore we're going to call you Jacob. And then as you read on into the story, you find out that Jacob goes on to deceive his brother Esau, deceives his brother Esau into getting the birthright, from Esau. The birthright always went to the oldest. Esau was the oldest. He came out first. Uh, but Jacob deceives him into getting the birthright from him. Then as you read on, Jacob then goes on and he deceives his own father into getting the blessing that was owed to Esau. So now Jacob is full of deception to all people and he gets the birthright and the blessing. And if you read Genesis chapter 25, you'll see how Jacob literally lives out the label that was put on him. He lived out the label that was put on him. In Genesis chapter 27, it says this. says, Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Isn't he rightly named? named Jacob. So when Jacob takes the birthright and the blessing, you'll find in the scripture that then he flees, he goes on running away and kind of wandering in a season of time and a lot of weird things happen. But eventually one of the kind of the strangest events that leads to, the story leads to, is uh, Jacob wrestles with God. He, he ends up in a wrestling match with God. And through this wrestling match, he comes out and God decides to rename Jacob Israel. He says, you will no longer be called Jacob. You will be Israel. And then check this out. He lives out the remainder of his days as really the patriarch of the family. 
and uh, eventually fulfills God's promises and becomes what we know as the people of Israel. The people of Israel were established through Jacob, now Israel. So you have the 12 tribes of Israel that were then birthed. Really a phenomenal rest of the story after his name gets changed to Israel. I love this. It's so cool to me that God shows up to Jacob and he says, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You have been living out the label that was put on you. You've literally been becoming what someone put on you. You've been living up to your name, deceiver. Your whole life has been defined by being a deceiver. Enough. I've had enough. I'm going to reestablish you. I'm going to start you essentially from the beginning by changing your very name. I'm going to call you Israel. From this day forward, you'll be Israel. Starts it. I'm going to change from the very beginning. And here's what I know. Life has a way on each of us just piling on labels. Life has a way of piling on labels on you, on me, just whether it's ourselves, whether it's people, just labels get put on you. Can I, I'm going to uh, do an example. Matt, will you come up here? <laughs> Matt, Matt, come up. Come on. So, um, hey, Matt, how you doing? Good. It's a nice sticky note you got there. Here's what I know. Life has a way of putting labels on people. And, and kind of the first thing is, is the way that we identify ourselves. It's kind of our own labels that we put on. So if someone were to, someone were to ask you, uh, who are you? You would answer with probably some sort of label. Well, first thing is I'm a student. By the way, these, these are not actually Matt. I just... Uh, they're going to be you for this example. You're a student. Uh, you're a musician, maybe. Not a musician. You are, um, uh, maybe you're a photographer. I don't know how you want to answer yourself. Uh, whatever other kind of labels you may have. You, you, um, you're, you're white. You're, uh, you're an athlete. You're, I, I don't know, whatever. You, you're single. Life just puts labels. I won't let you make you answer that one. Um, life puts labels on you, this is kind of who I am. Well, these, this is how I define myself, right? But then you have labels that other people put on you. And this is actually where it becomes kind of hurtful, right? If you've ever had someone put a label on you, and you're like, I don't, I don't want that. That's, that's, not, that's not me, right? What are, what are some of the labels that uh, people put on us? I just wrote down a few. Maybe, maybe uh, you've done something and you're, you're worthless now. Maybe you're, you've been abused by someone, so that's a label that you carry around now. Maybe, maybe you've been a product of a failed marriage or a broken home. Maybe you're a slut. Maybe you're, uh, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know what kind of label has been put on you. But by the way, like, um, consequence of sin is that label gets put on you, which you just need to know that label is not from God. That label is from the enemy. So labels just continue to get piled on top of us. You're a liar. You're addicted. You are whatever. Label upon label upon label gets placed onto you. And before you know it, the danger is this, that labels are not just external, that eventually you start believing it, 
and eventually it goes down deep into your soul. And now it's not just a label, it becomes your identity. It becomes who you are. And this is where it's a difference. There's a difference between guilt and shame. See, sometimes, sometimes a label, if it's a consequence of sin, is not always terrible because it goes, you know what? I am guilty of that. I was wrong. And, and, and yeah, I did that. Shame, shame is where it gets wrong because shame starts saying it's not just what I did, but it's who I am. And shame takes it from an external to an internal. And now my identity is formed because of the labels that either I have put on myself or people have put on me. And you start believing the labels that have put on you. Thanks, man. Go ahead. You can keep all those. And listen to me, the most important beliefs that you have outside of your belief about God is the belief about yourself. The most important beliefs that you have other than your belief about God is your belief about yourself. Listen, to, if knowing him, if knowing him doesn't change how I view myself, then I am missing out on a crucial crucial part of what he wants to do in me if if knowing him if believing in him doesn't change how I view myself then then I'm missing out on a huge part of what God wants to do in me I love this scripture in Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 it says this as a man thinks within himself so he is as a man thinks within himself, so he is. So hear me. You always live out what you believe about yourself. Now, this is important. You always live out what you believe about yourself. In other words, your behavior follows your belief. Now, that's, that's contrary to what a lot of culture tells us. It's true, your behavior follows your belief. What we tend to do is, based on how I behave, then I can determine what I believe about myself. But your behavior will follow what you believe about yourself. And here's the danger. Your belief about yourself gets altered gets altered by the labels that you let stick to you. Your belief about yourself always gets altered by the labels that you allow to stick. And so labels can get put on you. I think it's just part of life. We just need to like, embrace it. Not accept it, but just go, this is a part of life. Labels are going to get put on me, either by myself or by other people. But listen, when they do not match the identity that God has given me, then I have the authority and the responsibility to rip those bad boys off. If the labels that get put on me do not match the identity that God has given me, then I have the authority and the responsibility to rip them off. They don't get to stick. If they stick for a little bit to go, you know what? That was wrong. I'm convicted. I'm guilty of that. Great. But then rip that joker off before it starts to get internal and starts to shape your identity and what you believe about yourself. Labels are going to get stuck to you. But you have the authority and the responsibility 
to rip them off. The only labels that have the right to stick to me are the ones that align, the ones that match up, the ones that affirm what God has said about me, his identity that he's given me. Those are the only labels. So that label that you're allowing to stick to you that someone else put on you, rip it off. That label that has such a grip on your emotions, it is controlling everything about you, rip it off. That label that's on you from a past mistake that you've made and now it's eating at your soul and it's starting to tell you that you are that mistake, rip it off if it doesn't line up with the identity that God has given you. I want to read to you a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, I believe we have verse 16. Do we have it? Can we put it on the screen? Yeah, it says this. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. I believe that's talking about your responsibility to not put labels on people. We don't regard people from a worldly view. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That's good news, right? If anyone is in Christ, the new creation is here. The old is gone. The new has come. Listen, this is what's crazy. Each of you, each of you has a pile, like a pile of labels stuck to you. You've done life long enough. You've been through enough relationships. You've been through enough baggage. Each of you has a pile of labels sticking to you. And people always ask me, um, how come if I'm a new creation, if I have this new identity, that I still struggle with this or I still wrestle with this? I think that's a big question, but let me offer just one answer to it, and that is this. Just because you're a new creation, just because you have a new identity, doesn't mean labels don't stick to you. Perhaps you are living out more of what the labels that are sticking to you are saying rather than what God has said. Perhaps you have so many labels sticking to you and you haven't ripped them off that they're starting to bleed into you and it's starting to become your soul. It's starting to become your identity and it's clouding, clouding the new creation. It's covering up the new creation that God has made you. Doesn't mean that you're not a new creation. Doesn't mean you've gone back. It just means so many things are sticking to you that you're starting to believe them over the identity, over the new creation that Christ has made you. I love a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Workmanship equals masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. We are his creation. So God has declared that he has good works for you, awaiting for you. He has good works for you to do, prepared situations in advance for you to walk into. But they are attached to your identity. They are attached to your identity. So listen carefully. You can only fully carry out God's plan for your life when you embrace your identity in him. And the reason why so many people are not fully carrying out 
the plan that God has for them, the workmanship, the good works that he has already prepared, is because they haven't embraced that they are a masterpiece created by him. They're not living out the identity, they're not embracing the identity that God has made them to be, and therefore they can't fully walk into the good works that God has prepared for them. Does this make sense to anybody? They can't walk into it because we're not fully embracing who Christ has made us to be. Our new creation, our new self, the new identity. So when God gives Jacob a new identity, when he changes his name, this is cool. It was not based on what his parents said about him. His identity was not based on the sum total of his actions. I'm wondering if this is true for you guys as well. His identity was not based on what other people thought of him or what they said about him. His identity was not even based on what he felt or what he thought about himself. His identity was not based on any of those things. Jacob's new identity did not come because he earned it, because he was good enough to have it. Jacob's new identity was based on the authority of God to name him whatever he wanted to name him. That is called divine declaration. So when God gives you a divine declaration and he calls you something, when he calls out your identity, it is divine declaration, and that is the truth. Because he has the ultimate authority, and whatever he wants to name you, he can name you. He is Israel because God decided that was going to be his label. He was whoever God said he was. His identity was based on God's authority. And listen to me, your identity is based on God's authority. What was true for Jacob is true for you. It's based on his authority. I want to read to you another scripture. I know we're bouncing around a lot. I hope you're just writing them down. You can look at them later. In John chapter 1, Jared, you can come up. We're going to close. John chapter 1, um, verse 12, it says this. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right, someone say the right. He gave the right to become children of God. That's the identity. That's who you are. Gave him the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is your identity. You are whoever God says you are because he has the authority. And when he gives divine declaration, it sticks. Authority means power or right to make a decision. It means the power or right to make a decision. If you break down the word authority, it comes from the Latin auto right. And it literally says it's the power to settle the argument. Isn't that good? Power to settle the argument. Therefore, if God has declared and he has the authority to say that you are a child of his, that you are redeemed, that you are a new creation, the old is gone and the new has come, you are his son, his daughter, 
He has the power to settle the argument and no one can trump it. You are whoever God says you are and nothing else. No other label that sticks to you can trump it. You are whoever God says you are. Somebody walked in here tonight and you were doubting your identity. You were doubting that God loved you. You were doubting what he says about you. Can I just say, the authority rests with him. And he has declared and he has settled the argument that you are whoever he says you are. There is no question. There is no argument. No one can trump it. Zach read it earlier. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everything must come under him. And whatever he says you are, you are. There's no doubting it. No doubting it. And as I read through scripture, God seems to have all the authority to label things. Just labels whatever he wants. You read the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. God starts creating light and dark, and he begins naming it day and night. He creates dry ground. He calls it land. He creates water and the sky, and he calls it seas. Like an artist who painted a beautiful picture and then names it, God painted a beautiful picture and he decides what it will be called. And then, this is just a little side note, I love that he then gives authority to humans and he says, now you go name the animals. That's a whole other message. But um, the prerogative as a creator is to name it whatever he wanted. And he did. He named it whatever he wanted. There was no committee. There's no voting authority of divine declaration. If you read in uh, John chapter 1, there's this account, and it says Jesus looked at him, talking about Simon. He looks at Simon, and he says, you're Simon, son of John, but now you'll be called Cephas, which translated to Peter. Just change his name right there on the spot. Just changing your labels. Just changing your identity. I have the authority. He does it. Jesus never asked for permission, never said, do you like it? Do you like Peter? Is that an okay name? Never asked. Just said, this is what it is. Because whatever he says you are, you are. Nothing else. And Peter never disagreed. Peter never questioned him. He just took it. Here's what I love. If God, if God is not the author of life, I'm not so sure he has the right to give us identity. Like if, if he didn't create you, I don't know that he can necessarily name you. But God created you. He can name you whatever he wants. And God's named you a child of his. God's settled your identity. Settled it. Argument. Done. And so... Where you pick up the argument and you start questioning, just know it's not because God's questioning. It's because labels are sticking to you and they're starting to seep in and they're starting to dilute your identity. It's not because God's questioning whether it was real. It's not because God's questioning maybe that, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be a child of God. No, 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 no. Argument settled, done. What he says you are, you are. So I want, to, um, I want to put up on the screen a list of just a couple identity statements. A couple statements that I, I'd love for, maybe you can take a picture or write them down. I don't know. I have 10 of them, so it's a lot. But 
some identity statements that are true about what God has said about our identity when we are in Christ, when we are in him, as children, of, as people who have believed in him and have decided to follow Jesus, this is true of our identity. The first one is this. I am a child of God. He is my present, active, and vocal father. I am a masterpiece created to do good works. I am completely forgiven. My sin has been washed away from my body, my mind, and my soul. I am free from all condemnation. I cannot be separated from the love of God. That's who I am. That's my identity. I am secure in Christ. My future is good and my hope is certain. Next five. I am complete in Christ. God has given me everything I need for life and godliness. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God now. I'm truly noble in my deepest heart. God has filled me with his noble spirit. I'm a channel, I love this, I'm a channel of God's kingdom. God works through me to accomplish his purposes on earth. Whew, that ought to fire each and every one of us up. I'm a channel for his kingdom to come to earth. He's working through me. He sent me out on mission, on map. I'm a channel for his kingdom. Lastly, I'm a warrior. God has made me more than a conqueror. I'm a warrior. And so here's what I want to do tonight. I don't know what label is on you that is preventing you from embracing your identity. But as I was praying about this, I felt like God was saying, tonight's a night for some people to rip off some labels. To rip off some labels that are diluting your identity. That are maybe preventing you from believing these things are true. Maybe there's a, a war going on between what somebody has said about you, what somebody has stuck on you, into what God has said about you. And I think you got to go to war. It's a battle, and you need to start ripping them off. Maybe one of these ten things you could say, I struggle with that. That's the thing that's eating at me. That's the thing that's taking me out day after day after day. And the reason is because I'm believing what somebody else has stuck to me. I'm believing a label Maybe I've stuck it to myself. I'm believing that. Therefore, I can't believe that. They're at war. And so I think tonight is about ripping off some labels. And so here's what I want to do. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to lead you into a moment where, where you can begin to think, begin to ponder, begin to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you're allowing to stick to you. Maybe over the past 20 minutes, even as I've been talking about it, you just knew right off the bat, this is the label. And you got a sticky note on you. And you can actually envision the word that's on that sticky note that you're letting stick to you. There's a girl in here who's allowing her past mistakes to stick to her and she can't let it go it's becoming her identity 
There's a young man in here who your father has spoken some things over you, making you believe that you'll never amount to anything. That's not your identity. That's a label that's been put on you. That's not what God says about you. That's not the new creation. That's the old. You're a new creation. You are what God says you are, young lady. Young man, you are what God says you are. You are not that label that's sticking to you right now. And so I just want to give us an opportunity for you to rip off the label. This is not for everybody in the room. But if, if, if you're fully aware of that thing, that label, I think there should be some action, an action step. And so I'm going to ask you in just a moment just to rip it off and to come lay it on the stage. Nothing significant about the stage, obviously. But it's a symbol of you saying, I'm going to begin. Listen, I'm going to begin the journey. I'm going to begin moving forward, progression of ripping the labels off of me that I've allowed to stick to me and laying them at the foot of the cross. Laying them down at the altar and saying, Lord, it's yours. I embrace the identity that you have given to me, not what someone else has spoken over me or not what I have done in the past. I embrace your identity, not these labels. And so the band's just going to play for a minute or two and then lead us into the next song. And I'm going to ask you just people will let you out of the row. I, I know it's tight in your seats, but people will let you out, I promise. And you just take a moment to do business with God at your seat. And then if he's speaking to you and if this is resonating with your soul, then to respond and um, just come and lay your sticky note up on the altar and then we'll worship together. Can we stand to our feet, everybody? And you respond how you need to respond.
thinking about all the things that you could have written on these post-it notes, all the things that you, all the stories that you could have written of, I'm letting that stick to me. I'm letting that name that someone called me stick to me. I'm letting that label that someone said stick to me. I'm thinking about all of them that could be on there. So here's what I want to do. I just, I can't help but sing that song again. I wrote down, not the full thing, but just back into that part. Here's, here's the lyrics. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. I, I think, I think we're, we're speaking the name of Jesus over the shadow, over the label that's shadowing you over that thing that's hovering over you, that's just kind of darkened your identity, has darkened your world, has darkened what God says about you, has darkened it. Your name is a light that shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome, the name of Jesus. What Jesus has done for you and what it says about you cannot be overcome. So I want you to get into your mind that thing, that, that thing that's sticking to you. And as we sing it one more time, I want you to think about that that cannot be overcome his name is a light that that cannot deny and it cannot overcome it can we sing it one more time starting with that Father, in this place, we speak the name of Jesus, the light of Jesus, and Lord, we bring the power of Jesus from the cross and from your resurrection up against every lie that's been spoken over every agreement that's been made with the enemy, and we break it in the name of Jesus. It has no place. It has no authority. Divine declaration is what reigns supreme in this room. And so, Lord, we ask that in the quiet place that you would speak to souls, that you would speak into hearts, and that you would remind us of our identity and what we have in you and our inheritance in you. 
Oh God, may that be what reigns supreme in our mind, in our souls. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you have made us a new creation, that we are not the old creation, but we are new, and we are alive in Christ because of your great love for us. Lord, we love you tonight, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen.